Welcome to the Should Have Backed It podcast. In this episode, we'll take a look back at two huge weeks of racing. On day two of the championships in Sydney, it was the match race we'd all been hoping for, with English Raider Adabe once again getting the better of our local superstar, very elegant, in the Queen Elizabeth. Meanwhile in the Oaks, we saw the emergence of a new star when Hungry Heart franked its win in the Vinery to take out the big race. To talk through all the action from the championships is Australia's number one tipster and form analyst, Chris Venuccio. Now, Big V, it's been a little while since we've had our last podcast. A couple of weeks now, a lot of racing's happened. Uh, anything of note happened in your life in that period? Yeah, it's a few things that have been happening. Yeah, first of all, I finally got married. Yes, congratulations, Big V. We've both had a lot of things happening in our personal lives. I think you've had a, you know, something happen as well with yourself. Yeah, look, Big V, it's been a big, big few weeks for this Shoulda Back to team. As you said, you got lo- uh, married to lovely Lady V last uh, last week, which was fantastic um, and great to be a part of that. And uh, it was good to have a few espresso martinis there, the, the, the drink of choice for the Big V clan, which was pretty exciting. But, yeah, uh, the week before uh, I had my first child, Big V. So fair to say we've been pretty busy with our personal lives, but that hasn't kept us away from uh, watching some pretty good racing over the last few weeks. Yeah, congratulations to yourself and Kalima Thanks, on, mate. on the new addition to the family. And Fair I suppose f- now that with everything out of the way, we can concentrate now on the racing and and backing more winners. Because you know, speaking for me personally, it's been a, there's been a few distractions that are just taking your mind off off the racing and and doing the form a lot more thoroughly than you can hope that you hope to do. So hopefully now. You know, the mind is, is on the job now. Does that mean you've had a couple of uh, pretty average weeks, mate? Not not done well over the championships? I've had I've had good weeks and bad weeks. So when I've had a bad week, I've been able to make that up. I did well on the first day of the championships, but the second day, you know, the week after the wedding, and we went away for, for the week. So I didn't have very good internet access. So I couldn't do the form properly. I didn't have a very good day on day two of the championships. I had a few seconds that would have set up my day if they had got up, you know, crystal bound and isotope, which you can talk about more later. So I had a few close seconds that were the difference between having a winning day on, on day two. Well, I think we can probably forgive you on this occasion, Big V, for maybe just having your mind in other places. But, uh, yeah, look, personally, myself, day one went okay. But yesterday, day two of the championships was an absolute shocker for me. I, I can't remember having a shocker like that for a long time with a, a couple of my really fancied bets, including uh, Probabile not quite getting the job done there, uh, up there in Sydney. So, look, we might jump straight into it, mate, with um, my shoulder backed it for this week. And interestingly, your shoulder sacked it's also in this race. So we can have a bit of a talk about the Oaks, which saw Hungry Heart uh, really win quite convincingly in the end at a pretty juicy price of around $5.50. Yeah, they went really slow in this race. I was on Harmony Rose, and that was my shooter sacked it. And I think the reason being post-race is that she had a real gut buster last start. And I think you've got to beware the horse that really does have... That's due to have that flat run, and and that's really what she had here. She was really flat. There was no excuses for her because Josh Parr just went at a really slow tempo compared to... to the start before, and I, I would have liked him to have, at least at some stage, put you know li- increase the tempo because that's why I think Hungry Heart has won this race. But I was, 
I had my doubts about her running out the 2400, but they really didn't go that fast at all. It was really a sprint to the finish, and I think that's how she's got through the 2400 metres. Whereas Harmony Rose, you know, had she put the, the speed on a lot earlier, she might have been able to break up that field, but it was just a sprint home, and she's kept the opposition in the race. And yeah, but but I think she was really flat on this occasion, and I should have been more onto it. Yeah, and I think it's a hard one for the for the jockey and the and the connections of um, Harmony Rose because I think the week before they'd probably gone a bit quick and probably put it under a little bit too much pressure and thought perhaps for this race they might just uh, set a bit of an easier tempo. I think over the twenty four hundred, it's really hard for some of these horses. I think you mentioned the flat run, and I think with these horses that are, are leaders or front runners, they can put in that flat run a bit yeah. earlier than some of these uh, yeah. I guess, sit and sprint type horses like Hungry Heart who sit back and just cruise and then have one one big effort. You know, it's hard to go out the front of these 2,400-metre races, dictate, face the breeze, and then, then go week in, week out. Yeah. So, And, mate, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be too disappointed in yourself. I've never been able to pick when they're going to have their flat run, and sometimes no. I don't think the trainers do either. No, I think you just got to go through the sectional times to start before. And she ran a uh, ten point nine split and a, and a couple of low elevens, but you know sometimes they can negate that next start when they go really slow. And they feel they're going really slowly in the Oaks, but I thought at some stage in the race you you got to get going, and and it was just it was just waiting and waiting and waiting, and and you know that's when the runners back in the field like Hungry Heart and Amarinia were given that opportunity to make up that ground and there's a lot of money on the, the New Zealand filly and I think fourth is a bit disappointing for, for her. She was nearly challenging for favouritism. Harmony Rose has just gone out favourite at three eighty starting price and Amarinya was three dollars ninety. So I think punters were would have been disappointed with the performance of the, the Kiwi. Yeah, I think so. I think you're right, it did sort of get crunched late that horse from, from New Zealand. But I think Hungry Heart, it's an interesting one. Obviously, earlier in its career, was running a lot of seconds and it was a bit of an almost horse. But I think now, once it's, you know, it's gone back-to-back Group 1 wins consecutive weeks, we can begin to trust it. And I don't think we'll see $5.56 about it moving forward. No, she's been really good prices as well. And I think, you know, punters were... I mean, early this preparation, she was, she was getting beat um, maybe... Could have been the soft track. She was beaten two lengths in the light finger and also beaten five and a half lengths in the surround. Stepping up to when she won at 1,500, she was back on some good ground. So I don't think punters had really trusted her from last spring where she got beaten, you know, quite a few times at the short price. And I got I was on her in the 1,000 guineas, which was an end of prep run for her or an afterthought. And that's really put me off hungry heart. But... I, I took her on here because I thought maybe she wouldn't get the 2400 because when she did win the binary, Harmony Rose was stopping and I thought that might have just flattened her a little bit as as well. So I was prepared to take her on, but because they went slowly, she was able to run the 2400. Well, mate, I think we have to uh, just admit that there's a couple of horses we put in the sacked fire, which was Hungry Heart and even Sosi Bond down there in Melbourne, who uh, managed to win again at Caulfield. These are horses now that are, are much more consistent and can be trusted, and you're still getting decent prices around them because I think there is a little bit of that mistrust that still exists, um, probably unwarranted now. But certainly a horse that, if you're on it, you can rely on is uh, the English Raider that we talked about up front, a Dave who's gone back-to-back in the Queen Elizabeth, 
and is your should have backed it for the week as well. Yeah, I'm disappointed I didn't get on it because after the last start against Ferry Elegant, uh, he was he went into that race with some some doubts about his fitness. You know, he, he had pulled up lame, and he only got beat by half a length. And I thought, yeah, I think you've got a bit of one to be on. You're going to be a better price because everyone will be on Very Elegant, and and he was an attractive price in the Queen Elizabeth, three dollars twenty. But I just got sucked into that thinking of, you know the drier the track was going to be, the more likely Very Elegant was going to be the one that was going to win. And I just got caught up in that thinking, whereas I should have just... I, with champion horses, it doesn't matter what conditions, they, they'll run well. And, you know, good tracks for good horses. You know, Adib is a, is a star on soft and heavy, but, you know, they're, they're champion horses. They should be able to run on good tracks. And, you know, I just overthought that. Yeah, look, and it's funny because Adib and Very Elegant, when the market's open for this uh, following their last run, were both $3. And I think that was a pretty fair price on both of them uh, to be uh, at the end. But, um, yeah, I'm a Very Elegant fan. We've discussed this numerous times on the podcast. I couldn't jump off. I just couldn't do it. It was loyalty. But if you were looking at it from a purely punting perspective and just looking at the, the market, Adib was obviously going to get more value out of its previous run. You know, it was first up. Second up run was always going to be its, its you know peak performance. So getting $3.20 around it, you know, not even in hindsight was a really good odds, but it wasn't the kind of race where, where you had a deep at three twenty and very elegant at two twenty that you could really have a sensible two-bet strategy. So you just have to pick one at the end of the day. There wasn't much between the field from first to last and the two horses that have run second last and last, Mugatu and Mwanga, you know, they're coming off a couple of... They're coming from the Doncaster. And again, we were looking at a couple of horses where... These weren't their grand finals. These are afterthought races. And we saw that a, a little bit on dates with the championships. Another horse that probably was an afterthought was September Run, a horse that you were interested to talk about in the Arrow Field, which was race six. Um, yeah, I, think, I thought that was a disappointing. I was, I was keen to take on September Run because, you know, its targets were back in Melbourne in a couple of Group 1 races, didn't go to plan. And I was prepared to take her on, and I was on isotope, and I was just unlucky to get the cash. Yeah, was that well? That you're right, spot on there, Big V. That was my should have sacked it for the week. And when I saw it have a bit of an alarming drift at the end, I was concerned, and I did want to almost jump onto isotope, which is which is the only horse I thought probably had the form to beat it, just because September Rum has managed to sort of cover that field quite comfortably in the past. But yeah, to your point, I think. Down the straight at Flemington is a very different proposition to around the bend at, at Randwick with an inside barrier that probably didn't yeah, suit her either. Well, yeah. um, and, you know, look, not her a, not a peak performance as well. So, yeah, it was, it was a bit of bad miss for me, for, to be honest, mate. I was pretty disappointed that I, I missed on that one. And to be honest, I probably wouldn't have been on Wild Ruler anyway, so I would have missed out on the race completely. But, yeah, a lot of warning signs, I thought, with September run in that, in that particular yeah. race. She was disappointing in the new market. And then the William Reed, I think she was entitled to finish a little bit closer. And I just think sometimes with these horses where when you're relying on them to bounce back, sometimes you know, they're, they're big risks you're taking with those horses. You're going to do your money a lot more often than win. I, I thought Isotope should have won this race. She got held up. And ironically, she got held up by Wild Ruler, who was three wide. And so all honours to Wild Ruler for winning. Um but she, he just had isotope in that pocket there and by the time she got out, 
she just needed an extra 50 metres because past the winning post, she was in front. I sort of was half hoping that the, the photo would go to isotope because she did lunge. But when I saw the, the replays before correct weight or before the judge made his decision, yeah, I, I knew that I was going to go with wild ruler. So I had my fingers crossed. If Isotope had a one, that would have, that was the difference between a winning and losing day for me. So just unfortunate. And she'll go for a spell, I think. I don't think they're going to go to the Brisbane winter. But I think she's a horse that we can look at for the spring. Yeah, definitely one to follow Isotope. Uh, had an interesting prep all round all the way back to Magic Millions Day where lost a rider uh, yeah. as favourite down oh. there. I've been eager to back Isotype because in, in the Brisbane summer, she was at short odds. Finally got a good price. She was well backed. I think she was about 370 to 320 favourite. And that's the reason why September Run was a, the big drifter. So I've finally got on at a good price. Just missed out. Yeah, well, mate, I'm pretty disappointed. I've, uh, usually with the sprint races in Australia, I'm, I'm spot on with some of these some of the analysis. Um, got a few of our old favourites, uh, Classique Legend and Santa Ana Lane. But... I've done pretty poorly. Uh, the week before, I was on Bivouac in the TJ, and it was a similar situation, an alarming drift just before the jump and probably put in a similar run to, to September run, really, in that in that one. Um, obviously, Nature Strip getting the job done there. I'm glad you brought up Bivouac because I was on Nature Strip, and I was really keen on Nature Strip last week because I just think that he had the tough run in the Challenge Stakes when beaten by Eduardo. And so I, was, I really wanted to be on him. That was the type of that's the type of race where you just wish you had more money on it because I, I was so confident when they headed into the straight. And with Bivouac, like September Run, you're backing a horse that you're just hoping that he'll bounce back. He has he hasn't shown anything this campaign to warrant that that faith in the TJ Smith. He was beaten three lengths by Sabatiano, and I know that. Mask Crusader got beaten by Santiago as well and then won um, at the William Reed at Flemington. But when you compare Sabatiano to Nature Strip, Nature Strip is a different level to Sabatiano. So I was surprised that the money did come from Bivouac on Saturday morning, on the Friday and Saturday morning. It was just unfortunate that the bookies still kept Nature Strip's price safe. I was hoping that might have edged to about... 380 390 maybe $4 with that money coming from Bivouac. But they kept Nature Strip safe in the market. Yeah, look, I, I think on their day, you know, they all give an even luck. Nature Strip's the best of that lot. But I just worried about it with uh, Eduardo in the field, that they were going to take each other on. But I think almost for the first time in its career, it really settled well and just yeah. sat in behind Eduardo. So Chris Waller and the team then have done an amazing job because that horse wouldn't have done that in the past. It would have pulled it, pulled its head off and, and not been able to see out the 1,200. Well, he did settle in the Lightning with Jamie Carr. I don't think he led that day from memory, but he, he did settle as well and uh, under, a, under a good hold. So it just looks like he's, he's added another string to his bow and you know, if he keeps doing that, he's just going to be hard to beat. But I wouldn't want to be on him next start because now in the Doom of 10,000, he'll be $1.70, $1.80. I don't need to back him at that price. Well, you can't I'm... win when it's that price. We know that. No, um, no uh, I've got now... him at three sixty, so I don't need to go again at $1.80. Definitely not if you've got that. That's a good one to have have in the back pocket there, Big V. But uh, by the way, in the Lightning, I don't think it led, but I think Fabergino was, but it was about 
20 metres away from um, it, so it might yeah, not, have, yeah, might not yeah. have been able to see it. Anyway, back to uh, yesterday, mate, and we got the Queen of the turf, turf, and this was my biggest bet of the day, mate. I thought Probabil was about as big of a moral on dry track of anything I've seen in a long time, and I thought $2.50 was an absolute gift. And you know what? With 100 to go, I, I was still thinking that. But uh, Natoya, somehow, $25 has managed to to just nab it on the line and, again, get a gap back to third. Oh, I couldn't believe the result here. I thought Probabil had it at the 100. But then you could just see Natoya just, you know, just sticking with it and and it was coming and I just... Oh, I couldn't. I just couldn't believe the result. Oh, I thought Nimali might have been the might have been the blowout, but she really weakened. But yeah, probably on the dry track. Yeah, yeah. The only thing I could say is that it probably wasn't the grand final for probably. That would have been the All Star Mile, and unfortunately, she got the wet the wet weather that day. You know, maybe just the the extra run. She probably was at her top, but couldn't believe couldn't believe the result. You, you couldn't pick it because Natoya has done nothing since her last win and has been been getting beaten quite convincingly, and has just come out of nowhere and and won another Group One. Yeah, it's got a habit of doing that. Second time, it's just uh, come out of nowhere to win a Group One. And honestly, uh, when it was a dry track, uh, the only horse I was worried about in the lead up was Colette, and if it, you know if it was a heavy track, yeah. I probably would have leaned that way, but. Uh, yeah, Natoya never was in my thinking, and that was a real, uh, real painful one, Big V. The final Group One of the day was the Sydney Cup, which was run and won by Selena. Um, we were talking off air earlier, Big V. What do you make of this race? It's a Group One, thirty-two hundred. It should be a bit of a marquee sort of, uh, I guess, race. But gee, I don't, don't really rate it. No, it's a two million dollar race, and so you think. I mean, they've got a, a big field, but. Uh, yeah, I had a, a free bet and I got involved with Rima Flowers and I, I thought that was a probably a disappointing ride. I mean, barrier eight and you're stuck on the rail. Um, but I was just looking at the past winners and in the last 10 years, there's only been three single-figure winners in the Sydney Cup. So it does throw a roughie, you know, nearly every year. You've got to go back to 2017 when Polarisation won at $6.50 for a single-figure winner. And there's probably a race now that I've just got to stay away from because you know they're, they're not really A-grade stayers and it's just luck on the day or the run you get Yeah, it probably goes to our uh, our staying stock here in Australia I guess, the, just the quality that we're seeing, you know, in the Melbourne Cup obviously you get a lot of the Raiders and that's what really fattens out the race and makes it high quality but yeah, some of these runners here mate, I'm, it's a group one race and yeah, they're, they're well below that in my view and yeah, all credit to Salino, but yeah, it's just not a race I get too excited about and uh, won't be worrying about too much moving forward when it comes to form either, I don't think. Yeah, I'm with you on there. Just yeah, leave me out of the Sydney Cup from now on. <laughs> yeah, interesting those facts around the prices as well. So maybe it's one to uh, go field in the quaddy league moving forward. But it's probably a nice segue into horses that we will want it, be wanting to follow moving forward. And a couple of the ones that we've already mentioned on the podcast are on our top of our list. And for me, Mask Crusader. I think it's now a horse that you can trust. We, we've talked previously about its poor preparation last spring, but, you know, it's, it's come out and won its group one. It's, um, you know, run really well in the TJ and, you know, it's come from nowhere to almost get Nature Strip in that particular race. And it'll go around again in the all-age stakes 
uh, over fourteen hundred uh, next Saturday, and at two dollars fifty, I think that's a pretty reasonable price given the way it's been going. Yeah, I'll, I'll be keen to back this in the the all age. I thought um, I, I'd read something about Wayne Hawkes potting Kieran McAvoy for the ride, and I just thought that was a bit. It's probably a bit harsh. I think I don't think he had the she had the best of starts in the TJ. And I think sometimes when you train your horses to be back in the field, that's what you're going to get. You're going to get a lot of bad luck and didn't cost her the, the race. Nature Strip was never going to lose the TJ. So, yeah, I'm not on... I, I, I enjoy listening to Wayne Hawks most of the time, but I don't didn't agree with his comments about the ride of Kira McAvoy. So but that's another horse that I've got to follow as well and, and she'll be hard to beat in the all-age. Yeah, for sure. I don't. I don't. I think you're right. I don't think it costed it anything, and it's it has got a bit of a habit of not quite getting out of the barriers with the field, which probably goes to why it does sometimes drift back in its races as well. Another horse that maybe a little bit controversially I've got on my horses to follow because it's not one that I've backed previously, um, despite you know running a, a short price favourite in a lot of races. But Dallasan, it's it's managed to back up a third last week in the Doncaster. Was a really close up third again in the Queen Elizabeth. I think it went, you know, very close to getting very elegant on the line there yesterday. So maybe that's a horse we can begin to trust as well. And you are getting a decent price around it, uh, Dallasan. So I'll be just keeping a, a bit of an eye on it moving forward because if I'm getting sort of ten, twelve dollars about it, in, you know, a big race, and you know, it might be worth uh, each way. Yes, uh, I'll agree with that as well. But um, I've had a Dallas has been a bit hit and miss for me in, in recently, so I'll just see what race he goes in. A couple I've got to follow, and hopefully a couple of these might go to Brisbane. Ice Bath was unlucky again in the Doncaster Mile, another second in the big race. So interesting to see if Ice Bath goes up to Brisbane, maybe get a wet track. And also from the same day on the day one of the championships, the last race, I think we can follow Matchmaker and Mabusha as well. Oh, Mabusha was... Oh, I'm still I'm still crying about that result, Big V. Mabusha, I was, I was on that in the last day, last week and thought it had got it on the line, to be honest, and, yeah, didn't, didn't quite get the job done for the team. So you got... We'll just go through those three again, Ice Bath. Uh, matchmaker and Mabusha. Fantastic. That's probably all we've got time for for this episode of the, uh, the Should Have Acted podcast. Big V, is there any other... Any other burning issues that has been keeping you up at night? I know you've been uh, enjoying some time away just with the uh, the new bride, but, uh, you know, out there with no internet, what's been uh, keeping you your mind ticking? Yeah, I'm just not too sure. Just uh, thinking about the racing. Uh, I had a good week away up in Dalesford. You know, my mobile coverage wasn't very good in terms of internet-wise, I might have to go change because it, it was a bit... It wasn't uh, helpful at all. was it a provider issue, was it, mate? Yeah, I think it was... Um, yeah, my, my wife is on Telstra, so she had no problems at all. So when we when it comes to even doing something like doing the QR code, it was nearly impossible. So, yeah, I might have to go change providers. And it was good to see the lines finally get a, their second win so it's apart from the punt which wasn't so good it was good to see my footy team get up i thought you might have brought up the uh the aflw win there big v the big premiership from the the, the ladies there well i haven't been following too much of the aflw mostly because of time reasons but 
for the women, they deserve that because I think that was their third grand final they've been in. Is this the fourth year or the fifth year of the competition? So the Lions have been pretty strong in the AFLW without getting the major prize. So it was a good reward for them because they've been there a couple of times, missed out, and they deserved it. Yeah, no, I'll second that, Big V. As someone who has been following it a bit more closely than you have, uh, definitely a well-deserved victory there from the Brisbane Lions. We'll wrap it up there, Big V. Good to catch up again. Uh, I know you've been busy and I've been busy as well with a lot of sleepless nights, um, just personally, but uh, it was good to catch up and talk through a lot of those big races there at at, um, Randwick over the last couple of weeks. But we will be back next week. Uh, We're going to go back to normal transmission, which is good after a couple of weeks off. So thank you to all the listeners for sticking with us. And, um, yeah, you can check out our best bets of the day at the at Shoulda Backed It Twitter handle. Thanks, thanks everyone. Thanks, Big V. And as always, good luck on the punt.